Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Jab Some Journeys. I'm Brendan, uh, here with me uh, is also my co-host Anna. Hi everyone. And then we're going to be interviewing Maverick today. Maverick is one of our uh, best classmates and she uh, is gonna, has a really interesting story for us today. Uh, she went away for college and then came back, uh, spent uh, some time on the Marshall Islands doing some research. And then also is going to touch uh, on kind of being Hawaiian in medicine and uh, legacy of Kamehameha schools and things like that. Uh, so, Maverick, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Maverick. Uh, just a little bit about me. I grew up on the west side. A lot of kind of just my hobbies kind of stem from that because like my dad was like a big influence on me. I played a lot of sports growing up. Did a lot of ocean activities, so surfing, spearfishing. It's pretty huge in my life. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Cool. All right. Uh, so yeah, you mentioned you went, you grew up on the west side. Uh, then you uh, came back uh, for Kamehameha for high school, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, so you finished up high school, you're graduating. Uh, and what made you decide to go away for uh, college? Oh, good question. Um, so yeah, I didn't have any family who actually like went away for college on the mainland. Um, and really, even in high school, I wasn't one of those big honors AP kids. Uh, I actually, I did a lot of basketball. Um, that was kind of my focus, just having fun. I ended up doing this summer research class that got me really into like science research and doing science fairs, which got me into like this internship at the Cancer Center. And I went down this whole path of like science and STEM. And that's when I was first exposed to really college on the mainland because a lot of the students that came from that science research program ended up going to like pretty big name schools that I had like no idea um, <laughs> anything about. So yeah, after that, that was pretty much my inspiration for applying to Columbia, which is where I eventually did um, attend. And that's yeah, I just really love science, and I was just told Columbia was just a great place for that, so that's how I ended up there. And really just a chance to really explore anywhere outside of Hawaii. I, I grew up here, raised here, didn't ever, yeah, never moved. So definitely Columbia was a big culture shock. Um, it's, it's in, it's New in York. the city, right? Yeah, yeah. it's in New York City. <laughs> um, yeah, people always told me it was going to be really cold, and then I didn't really believe them until <laughs> I realized what that meant, like what cold really meant. <laughs> so, you yeah. don't know cold until you go to the mainland. And- Specifically <laughs> New York, especially. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was um, everything Hawaii was in the exact opposite way. I couldn't see the total expanse of the sky. That's what I remember most of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Buildings. Yeah. Yeah. It just got dark really quick. Yeah. But overall, Columbia was, yeah, it was a dream. Um, so I entered in the Columbia College. So the Columbia College and Engineering School is separate. And I got wrecked my first year. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, it was just a new environment. So competitive. I was doing a lot of reading and writing, which is not what I was used to at, in um, Akamemo. And yeah, I was like, dang, I really need to boost my GPA. <laughs> um, and I didn't feel like I was like super passionate about anything that I was really learning at the time. So I did this internship, came back here to Hawaii, did an engineering internship on Maui. Uh, got really interested in engineering. Yeah, so I put up something in the ISS and 
came back to Columbia, I was like, I'm gonna transfer to the engineering school. Um, and for that, people were like, you're crazy, Maverick. Like, no one does that. People transfer the other way. <laughs> um, yeah, so then <laughs> I was prepared for my GPA to get wrecked even more. But at the time, I wasn't interested in medicine, so <laughs> I guess it didn't really matter. I was just more interested in learning something new. And I'm so glad I did because engineering, I think, was more my fit. Um, P sets over essays all day, 100%. <laughs> I would say I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Having written written a lot of problem sets and written a lot of essays also. Um, so then how did you focus back into medicine then? So you went off on this engineering tangent. Right. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. So I did biomedical engineering, so somewhat related to medicine in a sense. But again, like didn't have any doctors in my family. I uh, wasn't exposed to any medicine really even in college. So what exposed me was my research. So I did research on like 3D printed blood vessels up at the medical, near the medical center, but mostly it was biomedically focused. Uh, but that was kind of my first exposure. And then I got into something called the Columbia K-1 Project. It, was, it just sounded like this cool project of students going to the Marshall Islands doing radiation research from the nuclear tests that were done there post-World War II. I always heard about it growing up in Hawaii, never really thought anything of it. And I was like, yes, totally, I want to do this. I got in because I was able to create these cores to do some like sediment sampling. Uh, so yeah, the next summer, went to the Marshall Islands for four weeks with a group of just undergraduate uh, females in STEM. I thought it was just the most amazing experience of my life. The Marshall Islands, for one, is super beautiful. The research was also really fun. It was really serious. I mean, we were taking like gamma radiation measurements on islands. We were taking um, sediment core samples. We were collecting fruit and measuring the amount of um, radioactive isotopes in the fruit. Um, and to me at the time, it was really like the science is super interesting. The activity of what we're doing is super interesting. And maybe about like three weeks in of this, I started realizing, you know, we didn't really have that much of a connection with the people who were living there. So we were in the Northern Marshall Islands. It's a pretty isolated community, about like 200 to 300 people on each island. And yeah, we just realized, you know, we should communicate with the community a bit more. And doing that is what kind of segued me more into realizing like the real meaning of the research and the impact it could have. Um, so just maybe even fast forward a bit realizing just the complexity of the Marshallese public health and their situation. Um, diabetes and obesity, just huge high incidence, um, which honestly felt really close to home um, because it's exactly what was happening in my own native Hawaiian community. And it was something I've always looked at but never really took to heart until I was directly visualizing and seeing it. Um, yeah, so I guess, uh, yeah. did you being from here uh, and having a kind of uh, Pacific Islander background kind of uh, allow you to or uh, you know, prompt you to have a different perspective on that research than maybe you know, some other people who were there who were maybe kind of scientists, but um, you know, if they're from you know, the city, right? I mean, right. it's different, yeah. No, exactly, I think that was exactly it. Mm -hmm. um, I think just having, yeah, having that perspective, having that background, kind of made me view it in a different way. Um, so for me, it was really important of just getting that research back to them because I think that was an oversight maybe if 
research that has been done there in the past. Mm. Um, so this past, two summers ago, I believe, I tried to go back to the Marshall Islands, and I actually I did, and got the publications that we um, had translated into the Marshallese language. Well, I'm cool. not really sure how helpful that was, but that happened. I got to present it to the Marshallese president. Oh. Well, hopefully that, um, to just to try to be a little bit different. Um, so yeah, that experience just was really meaningful for me. And just realizing like, you know, health and connecting with people was, I think just like at the core of what I wanted to do. So transitioning then from engineering into medicine, uh, my junior year at Columbia now is where I think we're at. Uh, caught up on all the pre-med stuff. In I, like two years? Yeah. <laughs> I really crammed it all in. I came back my junior year to University of Hawaii to do like my organic chemistry. I did you know the, the volunteering at the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I had to cram all that in. Um, and then I did my application actually right after I graduated. So I took my MCAT a week after I graduated. Oh. Um, I can definitely tell you, I <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> um, and then just wrote my application that summer. And so did you always feel that you were gonna come home? Uh, like, or, so were you like at Columbia in the city? Like, did you ever think that you were gonna stay? Or were you always like, no, I'm gonna come back to Hawaii? Once I decided medicine, I knew I wanted to come back to Hawaii. Mm. Like the primary reason why I wanted to come back was exactly for just like the public health complexities, the um, social determinants of health and all of that specifically focused here on Native Hawaiians and Pacific Islanders. So for me, it was like, there's one school that <laughs> I really want to go to. And now you're here. Yeah, I'm here. So yeah, I'm really grateful for that. Kind of on that aspect then, did you still apply to a decent number of schools or did you really just know that? you know, you didn't really want to put any money into your application for other schools. Yeah, honestly, I applied to less than average. Okay. Yeah. She was that's... confident, that's why. Oh, no, And no, she no, made it, <laughs> so. No, for that, understandably. <laughs> yeah, that's a big aspect for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, maybe we can transition then into kind of the application process. Okay. Um, so, you know, you mentioned that you took the MCAT right after you graduated, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, to me seems crazy, but, um, <laughs> You know, do you have any kind of tips for you know, how do you balance you know, finishing school with MCAT prep? Uh, how, how did you go about like writing your essays? It definitely felt crammed. Everything after my junior year, once I was like, yes, medicine. Um, so I should have planned for the MCAT a bit better. <laughs> definitely I recommend you take some dedicated time to study for the MCAT. <laughs> don't do what I did. I don't know. I, I knew I didn't want to take more than one gap year, so that's kind of why I rushed everything. You're, you're also just taking all the science classes, I guess, right? Oh, yeah. I was like... It's still fresh in your mind? Um, biomedical out. engineering was kind of different. I did not have... I didn't have a lot of overlap. Um, it was primarily just engineering type of classes that really was... Junior year, it all started. All the engineering. Um, hard classes <laughs> was my junior year. So I also had that. And then my senior year, we have like engineering design, like a thesis. Um, and that's when I was trying to study for my MCAT. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think overall the takeaway is take some dedicated time to study for the MCAT. How long did you end up studying 
for the MCAT as far as, you know, month length? Um, sporadically, mm, sporadically two months. Oh, wow. And then a week of dedicated. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, definitely recommend. Honestly, taking another gap year, that's what I wish. Like, if you need to, like, definitely take the other gap year. Yeah, that's something that we mentioned on the last episode is sometimes, like, that extra gap year will help with the quality of your application. But obviously, if you have strong experiences, strong GPA, not necessarily strong GPA, but also, you, you probably just, like, did fine on your MCAT. You yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, you're, if you end up getting a score and you're totally fine, then apply this year. But for those of you, like, who maybe aren't as confident with your application, it's totally fine to take an extra gap year as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I started out also with a terrible GPA. Uh, a non-medical GPA <laughs> tell you but I mean if you find something you're passionate about I think and you can boost your GPA in that way and for me that was engineering like after that my I started doing much better in my classes yeah. um, that would that's just a huge help people also use their gap years to boost their GPAs as well mm-hmm. given that you didn't have really kind of family medicine or like a background in medicine you kind of came into it kind of later um, you know how did you plot that path forward? How did you, um, you know, find mentors or find out, you know, tips for yourself or, you know, goals or, you know, figure out all the little things that you need to do to get here? Yeah, definitely my friends in college really helped, helped speed me up on like what I needed to do to be an applicant for medicine. So definitely them. And secondly, like mentors. So my research mentors were huge um, in connecting with me, me with people. Coming back here in Hawaii as well, just having a support system here I think really helps. I volunteered at the at Queens West, where I met a general surgeon who allowed me to shadow him, who connected me to another general surgeon named Dr. Merrill Bear, who I think has been like a big pioneer in why I want to pursue surgery. Actually, um, yeah, I. I don't think there was anything special to it. I think I just got really lucky, honestly, and um, who I was able to connect with and just their willingness to help me as well. Great. What was the biggest challenge? Uh, aside from just kind of the compressed time frame, the biggest challenge of uh, doing everything just like in two years, basically, right? Yeah. Um, the biggest challenge was I still really loved engineering. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to put like my 100% towards that. Um, and I, I think I did, I, the credit limit at Columbia is like 21 credits. I think I was taking 24. Oh, wow. um, that was jam packed, yeah. Just learning how to time manage, I think was super important. Um, but also just being really motivated as well. I knew I wanted to learn as much as possible in engineering. So I knew that that was a priority for me. And then secondarily was be competitive enough to get into a medical school. Um, and just having those two things in mind, I think helped drive me forward. And just having a support system, I mean, yeah, I didn't have any family in New York, it's like a bit difficult, but I had a lot of friends that I consider my family there. And yeah, I don't know, they were just huge, um, huge help and support for me. All right, good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed that you managed to do all that in yeah. two years. Yeah. <laughs> Very impressive. Yeah, I did it all in two years, but like my freshman year, uh, and then I forgot everything for the MCAT. 
I had to <laughs> restudy for that. It wasn't as easy as you, I think. No. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so uh, why don't we circle back to a topic that we, you know, really did talk about a, a bit, but I'd like to uh, explore in a little bit more depth, and that's just kind of being Hawaiian in medicine. Um, you know, I think that uh, the work you did in the Marshall Islands, I think, is really interesting, really impressive. Um, but it really does speak to, you know, the challenges um, that uh, our, some members of our community here face, and then the difficulties in, you know, someone who doesn't understand the uh, people and the culture, uh, and the limitations to how much maybe they can um, really contribute. Um, so can you just talk about, you know, what it means uh, for you uh, to be Hawaiian in medicine? and how it may have affected you being here and what you plan to do uh, in the future. Um, yeah, deciding to do medicine at Columbia my junior year was tough in the sense that I, I also just didn't know who to look up to. Um, I didn't know any other Native Hawaiians in medicine at the time. And I guess there's just no one at Columbia who I felt I could really connect to um, in that sense. So, you know, that was particularly difficult for me. And then coming back home, I think also it was just a huge help because I was able to find mentors here who at least were from here and kind of understood the background that I was coming from. Um, and so that struggle of like finding, you know, opportunities in STEM, I definitely feel incredibly lucky to have been exposed to the opportunities that I have been but I also understand that not everyone had that. Especially from Kamehameha schools, I feel like there was just a lot I didn't know coming into college um, in just like the STEM fields. Just primarily whatever I learned in that honor science research class was what I came with. So that's why when I came home, one of the things I really wanted to do was kind of promote that and be someone to kind of expose that world of STEM to other Native Hawaiians and other underrepresented minorities. So me and two other Kamehameha Schools graduates started this program called Hanua Scholars, in which we've recruited about over 30 Native Hawaiian graduate students in STEM. So they're in various graduate schools around the country and majoring in things like engineering, astrophysics, um, medicine, <laughs> and computer science. And we try to gather pretty much people from every field to be a mentor. So now students can come to us and our website and sign up for tutoring or mentorship. In fact, we're gonna have our first event where we're gonna have a panel of speakers who are Native Hawaiian and they're talking about their experience, just how I am right now. Um, kind of what inspired them, how they were able to come from maybe a background that wasn't necessarily STEM, but be in the place that they are now. And I don't think a lot of people know this, but I think now, especially in our generation, there is just a huge number of Native Hawaiians who are pursuing science fields, and I think that's just huge. Um, and I think this platform gives them that opportunity to kind of share how they've gotten there, and hopefully some students, younger students, can kind of learn from us, our journeys, our mistakes, and what they can do to also pursue whatever they, whatever they feel their passion is. Yeah, and that's incredible. Uh, and so we'll put a link to the uh, web, the link that she discussed, the uh, 
HaniwaScholars.org uh, link uh, in the description of uh, the podcast. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting the yeah. word out there. Thanks a lot. That yeah, is absolutely amazing that you came back and are starting that program. And, you know, I'm looking at your website right now, and it's you guys are making a huge difference and are going to um, impact a lot of, you know, not only pre-meds, but just a lot of native Hawaiians here in Hawaii. So that's awesome. Yeah, and as many as as many people as there are in STEM now, you know, maybe in ten years there'll be even more. Hopefully, yeah, that's the hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, a little bit more about you personally, right? So you know, we know you. We know mm-hmm. that you uh, have a lot of uh, hobbies and interests, and are a very interesting person, uh, even outside of medicine. Um, so why don't you kind of talk a little bit about you know how you are able to you know balance all these life uh, activities uh, with, you know, the kind of pre-med, the med school, the engineering, the Native Hawaiian, the mentoring, like all the like academic stuff you do. How do you find time to be a real person? Uh, that's a good question. I like, I mean, I love surfing. I think that was also just a huge bonus of like why I wanted to come back to do four years of medicine, uh, four years of medical school. Um, I needed to be in a place where I was close to the ocean. Uh, so yeah, I'm huge into surfing. I try to schedule time in for that. And also I've been teaching a lot of medical students here, <laughs> which has been super fun. Uh, I think like six or seven now have like bought wave storms. <laughs> and we've just like been taking it out and going to like white plains just to like surf. And I think that's just been like a nice like breather for me. It's also like, just a lot of fun. Uh, Square fishing, yeah, now that I'm back home, uh, me and my dad go out sometimes. So that's been a lot of fun, too, just, and just spending time with my family. Um, picking up sports again, I, I did sports in, a lot of sports in college. Not real sports, intramural sports. <laughs> um, yeah, because there's no ocean in New York. Intramurals are real. Yeah. Oh, yeah, intramurals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, just being able to continue that here also has been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I think just like scheduling time in because yeah, at the end of the day, I don't want to look back and be like, oh man, I didn't get to do like my hobbies or like pursue the things that I find enjoyable. So yeah, just remembering that and remembering like, you know, you can only get so much studying done in a day. <laughs> <laughs> and we're only going to get busier, right? So Yeah, you're only going to get busier, right? Exactly. And it's the first year, so I might as well take the time to, <laughs> yeah, and just pass fail. <laughs> it is past fail at jobs. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it definitely helps promote, you know, everyone's well-being for sure. Because um, you you can't and you don't need to be studying twenty four seven. But on that note, I, I'm kind of curious. Are you someone who designates like every Saturday morning to or Saturday all day to like fun and activities, or do you kind of just see how your week is um, week by week and designate time like that oh yeah definitely a week by week person okay whenever i can it's spontaneous whenever <laughs> i can to serve depends um, how much homework you have and yeah oh yeah it depends on yeah how far <laughs> behind we are exactly <laughs> when the test is coming <laughs> exactly when i try to manage it um yeah having an excuse to like teach other also medical students is, like also gives me like, <laughs> a chance to like get out and yeah. do it Always gotta have an excuse. Oh yeah, yeah. It makes me feel better about myself as well. <laughs> Do you guys still or ever go surfing right out here in Kakako? I like went once, 
Um, but generally, white planes is where we've been at, mostly because it's like very beginner friendly. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. um, we've had like I think like maybe like that six or seven with wave storms, and like some uncle came up to us was like, "Oh, it's Team Costco oh. <laughs> here." <laughs> I just got to kick out of that. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, I think that uh, this would be really interesting uh, for me at least. I think Anna also, and hopefully for our listeners. Um, so before we close out, do you have any last? You know, uh, anything you want to close on? You know, the last Piece bit of, of advice. advice. Yeah. Yeah. My freshman year, someone told me like that. Yeah, my GPA would never be competitive enough for medicine. Like straight up. <laughs> um, and I'm here in medical school, so don't let anyone tell you anything. Like, <laughs> don't let anyone put you down. Really. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a different path. You don't have to be perfect all the time. Um, and you don't also have to be interested in medicine from day one. Um, college is a time, I think, to explore what you're interested in. So yeah, take the opportunity to just do exactly that. Pick up hobbies that you never thought you would do. Go to student organizations that would put you out of your comfort zone. Um, yeah, college is the time to do it, for sure. Amazing. I'm so glad that you brought up that topic about um, you know having that low GPA and people just looking only at that and they're yeah. like, you're never going to go to medical school because guess what? Once you're in medical school, you realize how many people have been told that, how many of your classmates have been told that, myself included. And so, um, and that's also another reason why we really wanted to start this podcast, just to really shed light on the different experiences and different GPAs that still all brought us to the same place. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I was told. I was always told it's better to be interesting than perfect. Yes, uh, love that. that. <laughs> holds true still now. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Good. Well, thank you, Maverick. Uh, thank you, uh, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Anna, for co-hosting and doing all the legwork. Uh, and uh, we'll see you all in the next episode.